Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Now there was this particular article that was written in May of 2011. It was published by this magazine called Forbes. And in that article, there's this woman, there's this, uh, the argument was that stay at home moms, they should be paid at least $115,000 a year. And the argument for that particular amount of money to be paid to this uh, stay at home mom was because this particular, this women, this group of women that stays at home, they spend at least 13 hours, you know, as daycare teachers. The argument went on to argue that to say that this particular woman spent at least four hours a day being the household CEO. So they spent at least four hours a day being the, you know, being the overall managers of the house. The article also said that they spent about 7.6 hours being the psychologists, the therapists, and the counselors in the house, especially when the kids come home and they are not feeling very well. So they spent about four hours, uh, 7.6 hours as uh, psychologists and counselors. That particular article went on to say that they spend about 14 hours a day being the chef in the house. Okay? Not only that, they said they spend about 5.4 hours a day being the housekeeper. Okay? Not only that, they also spend about 6.6 hours doing the laundries, you know, <laughs> per week. They also spend about 9 hours, about 9.5 hours being, you know, taking care of the accounts, the finances of the house. They are also, they spend about 10 hours facilitating, you know, making sure that the house is kept in order, that they are the facility managers. Not only that, they spend 7.8 hours being the janitors of the house, making sure everywhere is clean, everywhere is taken care of. And then finally, they spend about 7.8 hours, about 8 hours, you know, driving the family, you know, from one place to the other, being the family driver up and down. All right? And the article concluded that if an individual who has 10 different job titles if an individual puts in over a hundred hours a week in their place of work, is that that particular woman is considered, you know, is you know, should be earning at least six figures, okay? And not only that, they should be considered as the most valuable person, the valuable, the most valuable worker in the world. Sorry, the country. In other words, because of all that they do, because of the various type of work they do. Because of the diversity of the kind of work that they do in the house, they should be considered the most valuable worker in the country. In the country, many of us sitting here today will agree with that. Many of us, you know, are, are, you know we have those particular, you know, we carry, we wear these various hearts in our lives. Okay, and very few will disagree with the fact that they should be paid even more than what they you know, even more than what this uh, article is talking about. Now, during this time of the year, that facts become very, very clear because that's when we focus on. The women and the mothers that are in our life. And the reality of the difficulty of the role of women and mothers in our lives is now becoming very, very obvious, especially now 
that the community, the culture where we find ourselves is, you know, minimizing and, den- you know, and they are denigrating the role of women and mothers in our, in our, in our lives. And that is why, in my own opinion, I believe that Mother's Day should not be something that is done just once a day. It's not just once a year. It should be something that is carried out, celebrated every day of the year. Okay? So this morning we'll be focusing, you know, as we focus on the, you know, on the celebration of the mothers and the wives in our lives, I want us to stop for a second and begin to ask some basic questions. And one of the questions we want to ask this morning, this morning is, who really is a mother? Who really is a mother? Are all the women that give birth to a child qualified to be called mothers? Huh? Are all the women, you know, are all mothers, those people that we call mothers, is every one of them worth celebrating? Okay? Are, they, are all mothers worth celebrating? I mean, who is the mother that is worth celebrating? That is the question I want us to look at this morning. Who is that particular woman? Who is that particular mother that is worth celebrating? Now, the Bible gives us all kinds of mothers in the Bible, you know, in, in the scriptures. There are all kinds of mothers that are represented in the scriptures. There are mothers who are childless and who are widowed at a young age. Ruth was an example. There are mothers who have, who are infertile fatal for a very long time. Hannah and Elizabeth in the Bible were examples. There are mothers who lost their children at a very, very horrific way. Somebody like Mary, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ, saw his own son being hung on a tree. Somebody like Eve saw one of his sons being killed by another one of his sons. So we have seen, we see all kinds of mothers in the scripture. There are examples of mothers like Jezebel who are just a terrible example of a human being, you know? So you see, the Bible is full of different examples of mothers. But in first Kings, Chapter 3. That is where we want to focus this morning. First Kings chapter 3. We want to start reading there. The Bible gives us an idea, you know, gives us an idea of who a mother is and who a mother is not. The Bible tells us the story. If you start reading from that, First uh, Kings chapter 3, it tells us there were two harlots that were living together. For some reason, they got pregnant. Okay? Maybe at that point in time, the plant parenthood, parenthood was not around, so they got pregnant. Okay? In the days of Solomon. The Bible says that one of those, one of those women, eventually, for some reason, decided to sleep on top of the newborn baby. Alright? Slept on the newborn baby and suffocated that baby. And the baby died. And interestingly, that woman woke up and saw when the baby died, she saw the only thing she could do at that point in time. Instead of break down and begin to regret what she had had done, she took the baby and exchanged it with her neighbor. As if that one will not know her own baby. For some reason, that was what happened. And then when the morning came, you will expect that there's going to be trouble in that house. Eventually, when the morning came, the woman woke up and saw, this is not my baby, woke up, and then trouble started. And that was what brought them in front of the young new king, King Solomon. And we'll pick up the story from verse number 23, 1 Kings chapter 3, reading from verse number 23. The Bible says, and the king said, the one says, this is my son who lives. And yours is, and your son is the dead one. The other says, no, but your son is the dead one, and my son is the living. Then the king said, then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king, and the king said, divide the living child in two, and give one half to one, and half to the other. Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son, and, and she said, oh my lord, give her the living child. And no, and by no means kill him. So the king answered and said, and said, give the first child, give the first woman the, the living child, but and by no means kill him. She is his mother. Now, from this verse of this prayer, from this verse of scripture, the question that comes to mind is that who is a mother? Who is a mother? Looking at these two characters in the scripture, you will find that giving birth to a child does not make you a mother. Okay. 
The fact that you are ability, the ability to give back to a child does not necessarily make you a mother. Because you know one thing, mothers don't sleep on their children. Okay? So, the fact that you are able to give back to a child does not make you a mother. Having a baby in your life or your possession does not make you a mother. Being a being called a mother does not make you a mother. Okay? Not everyone is capable of being a mother. And that is what you find in this particular verse of the scripture. Two women giving back to a child at the same time. One of them had the ability to to take care of the child. The other one was just so careless that he even slept and suffocated the child. So that tells you not every woman is capable of motherhood. So who then is a mother? The meaning of being a, the meaning of being a mother is virtually endless, depending on who you ask. It's virtually endless. But looking at these two characters, we can carefully say that a mother, number one, is a careful and a compassionate person. Like I said earlier, mothers don't sleep on their babies. Okay? That's number one. A mother is a careful and a compassionate person. Number two, a mother is the one that provides safety and security for their children. Number three, a mother is a person who is loving and caring. Number four, a mother is somebody who is nurturing and supportive. Number five, a mother is a person who is patient and is also strong in the process. Number six, a mother is also a person who is assertive and strong. And apart from all, you know, in all these things you will see, the character of a mother is something that is innate in them. Something that God has encoded and did, you know, put in their life. No matter how strong a man is, when a man begins to see a baby cry, every strength disappears. All their faculty becomes all whacked up because they have no clue what to do. But when you see a mother, no matter how chaotic the environment is, the mother is still able to put things together. And that is why the mother is not only assertive but strong. The mother is not only patient but is also strong. The mother is not only nurturing but also very supportive. It's also caring and loving. It's all it provide safety and security not the physical safety but for some reason you find that they are able children are able to run to their mother to be able to get the comfort that they need that is what a mother is all about now apart from the picture of a mother that we see in that verse of the scripture it also reveals to us this verse of the scripture also reveals to us the quality of motherhood or your ability to be a mother it tells us from that verse of the scripture is not a function of your station in life how you are brought up, where you live, your condition in life is not a function of your ability to mother. Because if that is the function, this woman that is a harlot will not be qualified to be a mother. But we see that harlots also can make good mothers. So your mother, the quality of your motherhood, your ability to be a good mother is not a function. It's not dependent on your station in life. Number two, it's not dependent upon your economic condition. It's not how rich that makes you, it's not how rich you are that makes you a good mother. It's not how poor you are that makes you a bad mother. It does not depend on your economic condition. Number three, it does not depend on your association. This was a woman that was living in the house of a harlot. They were just harlots. You can imagine if there are two harlots in one particular place, and if you are living in that, if, you, if we can extrapolate from where we are right now, definitely the whole block will be filled of harlots. But yet, this woman still had that particular tendency to be a good mother. So the fact your association in life is not a function, it does not you know, it's not a function of your ability to be a good or a bad mother. Your friend, your, your education, because what, what we can what we can see here is that this particular woman who was who had compassion upon her son, we know definitely that she's not the graduate of the University of, uh, of Jerusalem at that time. She was not. But one thing you understand is that your motherhood does not depend on your level of education. It does not depend on your level of spirituality. It does not depend on who you associate with. It's a function of other things. Okay? 
So you see, mother who does not depend on the, you know, a good mother does not depend on whether you, what you are in life or the, the amount of money you earn and all this kind. The question is, what makes a good mother? If you go back to that First Kings chapter three, look at verse number twenty-four. Bible tells us there. Then the king said, "Bring me a sword." So they brought a sword before the king, and the king said, "Divide the living child in two, and give one and give a half to one and half to the other." Now look at verse twenty-six. The Bible says, when the woman whose son was living spoke to the king, then the woman whose son was, uh, whose son was living spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son. And she said, oh my Lord, give her the living child and by no means kill him. From this verse of the scripture, you can see what separates a woman from a mother. You can see what separates somebody who is a mother and a mother that can be celebrated. You can see the difference. What separates them? What makes a good mother is the heart of that particular mother. What is inside of you? The heart. The Bible says that when the woman whose son was living spoke, then the woman whose son was living spoke to the, child, spoke to the king. She said, she, for she yearned with compassion for her son. In other words, the Bible is saying that the heart is the one that separates you from, separate just ordinary women from women who become good mother. It's the one that separates ordinary mothers from an exceptional mother. Why is the heart the, why is the heart the factor? Why is the heart the distinguishing factor? The reason is because only a mother's heart can nurture and provide compassion to a particular child. No matter how good you are. No matter how you go to school to study early childhood education, when you have that mother's instinct, when you have gone through that, when you have that, you know, when you have a heart that is filled with compassion, you are able to nurture a child. There is a difference between nurturing a child with a textbook and nurturing a child with the compassion that God has deposited into the heart of a mother. And that is why a mother is different from a woman. So because only mother's hearts can nurture with compassion. Number two, any woman can give birth to a child. Only mothers can nurture, like I said. And the heart of the woman, the heart that, and, and, and it is the heart that, it, it is that heart that is filled with compassion that separates women from other, you know, that separates women from mothers. Number two, why is the heart the distinguishing factor that separates between a mother, separates a woman and a mother? The reason is because only a mother with a heart only a mother with a heart can instruct a child with empathy. It is one thing for you to say, okay, I go to school, you have studied all the psychology in the world, you have studied all the good things, and you know how to talk to a junior. There's, there's a difference. But when you are a mother, and you are looking at that particular child, you can instruct a child with empathy. Only the mother's heart can do that. Nannies can instruct, but only mothers can truly instruct with empathy. Number three, why is the heart very important? The heart is important because it is the only, it's only a mother's heart that can sacrifice with love. The Bible tells us that this particular woman, she knew that this was her son. She knew that the way this particular woman does not care whether the son dies or not because she has already lost. And the king was going to set an example. The king was was about to cut the baby in half. And this woman, knowing that this is my own body, this is what I suffered for, this is a baby that I carried for all these months, and I'm willing to let that particular baby go just to make sure that she's alive. Only a mother's heart can do that. How many of us will look, you know, they used to say that uh, grandchildren, uh, I think they said grandchildren are the the payback uh, payback to us for what we did to our parents or something like that. 
I don't know how to say it, but the idea is that if you look back at the kind of headache that you gave to your parents, eh? look at the look at the headache that you gave to your mother, and now look at how long that that woman has continued to put up with you. Okay, many of us, if we were to, if our mothers were to deal with us, some of us would have become orphaned a long time ago. Because of the things that you did. But the idea is that it is only the mother's heart that will allow you to, that will continue to reach out to you even when you misbehave. It is only the mother's heart that will continue to pull you back even when you continue to do the things that make her go angry. It is very easy. You'll notice that men are very easy to write off their children. You misbehave, you say, get away, I don't want to see you anymore. And they are not bothered. But it is the woman that will continue to say, hey, you don't do like that. Hey. Let's do it this way. Let's call them back. They are the one that will continue to call. Even when the father says, I'm not giving you a dime. It is the mother that keeps on slipping money under the, under the, uh, under the, under the carpet or whatever the way. It is the mother's compassion. It is only a mother's heart that can sacrifice, that can pay the price, that can give up things, give up convenience, just because they love their children. And it's a different kind of love. A different kind of love. You will notice that it is the heart of the mother that makes it possible for children to grow up into the people that God wants them to be. And it's only possible because of the sacrifice of love that they are willing to give. Only a mother's heart can do that. Caregivers can provide exceptional care, but only mothers can sacrifice. The heart is a distinguishing factor because only mothers can restrain themselves with the hope that the purpose of God will be fulfilled in the life of their children. The mother's heart is the one that causes the woman to not to say the things that they want to say, not to do the things that they want to do, not to act the way they want to act, not to be able to behave the way they want to behave, not to be able to write off the children when they have a reason or every reason to write off the children. It is the woman's, it is the mother's heart that restrains them, believing that God can make a difference in the life of their children. It is the mother's heart. Not just anybody can do that. Especially definitely not men, because definitely men is a different story. But the point is that it is the heart of the mother. It is the heart of the mother that is able to see into the heart of the Almighty God. And is able to look beyond the physical, beyond the, look beyond the, the present, and look into the future, and see the possibility, and see the potential that is in the life of that particular child. Only the heart of a mother can restrain the mother's attitude, the mother's behavior, the mother's intention, the mother's plans, to be able to write up the child, because they can see what God has planted into the life of their children. It is a unique thing that God has given unto them. Like I said, caregivers can give services, but only mothers restrain their anger, restrain their proclivity, restrain the things that they want to do just because they see the hope of God in their lives. So you see, there is a difference between a female and a girl. There's a difference. There's a difference between a girl and a woman. There's a difference between a woman and a mother. And there is a difference between a mother and a mother. Difference. The question that is, the question that is, that is, who is the mother that you can truly celebrate? Can we celebrate every woman as a mother? Can we celebrate everybody that has a child as a mother? No. The question then is, should we celebrate, should all mothers be celebrated? And who are the mothers that should be celebrated? Proverbs chapter 31. Many of us have heard this verse of the scripture preached several times. But I'm not going to go into it one by one. I'm just going to highlight some things, some qualities in the life of the mother, in the life of the woman that, can, that should be celebrated. 
So the first thing you see, Proverbs 31, Bible makes us to understand that the mother that is qualified to be celebrated, the mother that deserves to be celebrated, the mother that should be celebrated, is number one, a mother that is trustworthy. A mother that is trustworthy. It's so very, very unfortunate that we live in an age where mothers are competing with their daughters, even for boyfriends. Okay? Mothers are competing with their daughters even for the way they appear. Mothers that refuse to grow old. Mothers that refuse to understand they are now the position of parents. They are not their daughter's friends. That's right. That they are their parents. So you cannot, the only the mothers you celebrate is the mothers that you can trust. Somebody that you know that has got your back. Somebody that you know that yes, they can, you know, they are there to be able to hold they are there to be able to support you. The Bible tells in the book of Proverbs chapter 31, in verse number 11, it said, The heart of her husband safely trust her. In other words, this is somebody that you can depend upon. This is somebody that you can put it. You know, it's just like when they say something, they say you can take it to the bank. See, a mother worth celebrating is a mother who's an industrious mother. Industrious in the sense that she's the one who is not busy gossiping and busy burning up and down. But whatever her hands fans to do, she's able to put it, you know, she's able to employ, get herself engaged. She's, she's busy doing something productive. She's busy engaged in a productive in a productive venture. The Bible tells us in verse number 13, it says she sits wool and flax and willingly walks with her hands. She teaches her children to be industrious. She herself is industrious. In other words, she's not a lazy, indolent person. That is a mother that needs to be celebrated. Who is a woman or a mother to be celebrated? A woman or a mother that needs to be celebrated is the one that is disciplined. Bible tells us in verse number 15. He says she rises up while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her handmaid. In other words, this is a woman who knows the value of discipline, who knows the value of hard work, who knows the value of teaching people what they need to do to be able to move forward in life. Who is a woman to be to be celebrated? Who is a mother to be celebrated? A mother to be celebrated is a generous mother. Not the one that says everything has to be about me. And even when they take from you, they don't even know how to say thank you. Okay? But it's a mother who is able to, who is generous. A mother who is willing to give out. A mother who is very open-minded. A mother who is able to to reach out and trust the lives of people who are around her. The Bible tells us in verse number 20. It says she extends her hands to the poor. Yes! She reaches her hands out to the needy. In other words, people who need around her. Her life blesses the people who are around her. She's a generous mother. That is the mother that needs to be celebrated. Who is the mother that needs to be celebrated? Is a mother that is strong and honorable. A mother that is strong and honorable. Look at verse number 25. It says, strength and honor are her clothing. She rejoices in times to come. There is strength of character. There is strength of behavior. There is this integrity about her. Everywhere she goes, there is honor around her. When you mention her name, you do not associate it with evil. That is a mother that should be celebrated. Who is a mother that needs to be celebrated? Is a mother that is wise and kind. In other words, they don't just open their mouth and start talking rubbish. That whenever they open their mouth, words of counsel comes out. Words that will lead their children the path of righteousness. Words that will cause their children to be well positioned. The mother that needs to be celebrated is a mother that is wise. Is a mother that is kind. The Bible says she opens her mouth with wisdom. And her tongue is the law of kindness. Compassionate. We studied this morning that there's going to be false accusations and all those kind of things. But the way you answer is you answer with wisdom. The woman and the mother that can be celebrated and should be celebrated is the one that is wise and is kind. Who is the mother that needs to be celebrated? 
A mother that needs to be celebrated, the Bible makes us understand, is a God-fearing mother. The fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is the beginning of wisdom. And the mother that needs to be celebrated is a mother who fears the Lord. It's a charm, is deceitful, beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. That is the woman that needs to be celebrated. Now, these are the qualities of the mothers who are supposed, who are worthy of honor and praise. But before we go here this morning, there's, the need to, there's something for us. There's something I want us to draw. I want to draw your attention to in that same book of Proverbs 31. We preach about the qualities of the mother and things like that, but I want to draw your attention to verse number 30 and 31 of Proverbs 31. The Bible says, charm is deceitful. Beauty is passing. In other words, it is good for a woman to look good. It is beautiful. It is a nice thing for them to be charming. But a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. The Bible tells her, it says, give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own work praise her in the gates. What does this mean? The Lord is trying to tell us that, that a woman that should be, that, that should be honored, the woman that should be celebrated, the person that should be celebrated is a person that must have two things in their lives. So it doesn't matter whether you are called mother by your, whether you have your own children or whether you are called by mom, you're called mommy by somebody. What the person who can be celebrated, the woman that should be celebrated and be praised must have two things going on for them. The Bible tells us in that verse of the scripture, it says the first thing that must be in the life of that particular individual is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. As long as the Bible makes us to understand, if you read the book of Proverbs 31, it says charm is deceitful, beauty is passing, but the fear of the Lord, you know, but a woman with a, with a, who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. When the children look at you and they see that the fear of the Lord is in your life, and the people that come in contact with you, they see that, yes, you reference the Almighty God. Everyone who walks with you are able to see the glory and the fear of the Almighty God upon your life. You will see that things begin to happen in your life. Men and women begin to put you in a place of honor. They begin to give you the place of respect because they know that you respect the one that created the heavens and the earth. So for us, the, the condition for celebration, whether you are a mother or your wife or a sister or a brother, or whoever you might be, the condition for celebration, number one, is the fear of the Lord in the life of an, in the life of an individual. And that's why the Bible tells us in the book of Psalm 111, verse 10. It says, He will bless those who fear the Lord, regardless whether they are big or whether they are small. He will bless them as long as they fear Him. The second condition for the person to be celebrated, a mother, a woman, a sister, to be celebrated, is that good works must be found in your hands. Good works must be found in your hands. The Bible says, Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own work praise her in the gates. In other words, when they mention your name, when they call upon your name, people will remember the good things that you have done. People will remember the good things that you do every day. They know that your name is synonymous with goodness. It's synonymous with wisdom. It's synonymous with generosity. It's synonymous with discipline. It's synonymous with the good, you know, with the fear of the Almighty God. When people see you and the good works in your life, they begin to honor and they begin to elevate you. That are those are the conditions, the two conditions in the scriptures. As we celebrate the women and the mothers, and, and by you know, and by extension, the women in our own life, the question this morning is: Is the work of our hands worthy of praise? The people who meet us on a daily basis, the things that we do, is it worthy of praise? Are we just like those particular women that Paul the apostle referred to in the book of Corinthians that they are busybodies? Are we busybodies, or is the work of our hands worthy of praise? The second question I want to answer is that, is the fear of the Lord in our hearts 
as women, as sisters, as mothers, is the fear of the Lord in our hearts. Because if these things are lacking, if the fear of the Lord is not there, if, the, if our hands, if there is no good works associated with our life, we might seek the place of honor, we might seek to be celebrated, but you find out that those things will become elusive. But that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.